Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off-season. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on May 27th, 2018, outside on an absolutely stunning, beautiful day in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of former Detroit Tigers star Dan Petrie and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. It's been a while since I've been able to pull some of those out. You know, when I was doing the daily podcast, most of the daily podcast episodes, I think if I really kept track of them, were done in Palo Alto. So some of those old openings I haven't been able to use for a while. So, yeah, it feels good. Beautiful morning. The sun is already out. I'm hoping it's not going to be too hot today. It was a really nice day yesterday here in the Silicon Valley. And I'm out here. It's early. It's the morning. I'm going for a little morning run. I'm just sort of putting my head and brain and life in perspective right now. And so what better time than to come up to Eleanor Pardee Park, where I'm standing right now in Palo Alto, and talk a little bit as that airplane flies overhead. Talk a little bit about baseball, because that's what your pal Sully does. Now, I'm going to get into a couple of things today. But I, I, so when I was kind of looking up stuff, trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about today, one thing kind of hit me, and this is not going to be something that several of the people who listen to this show who are Baltimore Oriole fans are going to enjoy hearing. But I was thinking about pitcher Zach Britton. And Zach Britton's legacy with the Baltimore Orioles, other than being a fine reliever and having an outstanding season in 2016, where some people were whispering that he should get some Cy Young Award consideration. Uh, he didn't, and I, the one that gave it to was Rick Porcello, who was also not who I would have given the Cy Young Award to. I felt the Cy Young should have been given to Justin Verlander that year, but I digress. Zach Britton had a wonderful year that year. Uh, had an absolutely spectacular season. But um, Britain's legacy with the Baltimore Orioles will be that of not pulling the trigger in time, not using him. Now, of course, the most grating and, for Oriole fans, frustrating example of this was in the wildcard game in 2016, which went extra innings between Baltimore and Toronto. And Buck Showalter had a Cy Young caliber reliever, and they went into extra innings, and he would not use that reliever. He used everybody else. Some of the relievers, like O'Day, were good, solid pitchers who had a nice year. Some of the pitchers he used, like Ubaldo Jimenez, had a disappointing season, had terrible stats, and were clearly not the best pitcher to use in the situation. And the reason they did that was he wanted to have Britain ready to come in if they had the lead to shut the door. But they never had the lead. And when Edwin Encarnacion hit that massive home run to end the wildcard game and end the Orioles' season, the Orioles were eliminated and they didn't use one of their best players which I think is a travesty. 
when you are facing elimination, it is your imperative to use your best players because if you don't, then your season is over. It's, it's kind of sort of basic. Rules get thrown out the window when the season is on the line. Players like Madison Bumgarner and Pedro Martinez have come out of the bullpen in elimination games and pitched wonderfully sometimes and sometimes not. But if Zach Britton had let up that home run to Edwin Encarnacion, then you say, well, you know what? Their best beat our best, and you tip your hat. Or if they had used Edwin Encarnacion in like the 10th and the 11th inning, or the, use, I'm sorry, Zach Britton in the 10th or 11th inning, use him for a few innings, and do you know what? He's not going to be effective in a third or fourth inning. Do you know what you do? You say, okay, you got it. You used your best pitcher. Then you got it. Then, you, you know, you dig deep, and eventually you get to your minutes. But they didn't. And the Orioles' last chance to put together a winning team and a potential pennant-winning team slipped through the cracks. Who knows how the Orioles would have done against Texas in that division series, of which the Blue Jays swept them. Ultimately, the Blue Jays were eliminated by Cleveland in the American League Championship Series. But that was an instance where they didn't pull the trigger with Britain. And then came last year when they didn't trade Britain. And because you know, they didn't trade Machado and they didn't trade Britain and they didn't trade Adam Jones because you know by the end of August they were hanging around the wild card race, they were hanging around the cusp of contention. So, oh, we can't do it, we can't do it. Then they had a disastrous September. Their season was over. And now Britain's on the 60-day disabled list. And they're using Brad Brock as a uh, closer, and the Orioles are terrible. And they didn't pull the trigger last year to trade Britain when he had significant value, and a lot of teams could have used him. And it could have kick-started an Orioles rebuild. Now, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because tomorrow is Memorial Day, and I'm going to basically take stock of where teams are. And the Orioles are a disaster this year. The, as I said the, on a podcast uh, earlier, I think it was earlier this week, the roles of the American League and the National League have basically flipped between last year and this year. Last year, it seemed like every American League team, save for one or two, were in contention and within striking distance of a playoff spot. And the National League had just a few elite teams that were clearly running away with their divisions. This year, it's the opposite. It seems like the entire National League is up for contention. And you have a handful of American League teams that really seem like they're the strongest. You also, this is a very unusual thing for baseball at this point, you have two divisions where the first place team is hovering right around 500 where you could be a mediocre team and win the division in the American League Central and the National League West. The underachieving Dodgers, who have been hit by injuries, but every team gets hit by injuries, and the Cleveland Indians, who have had just their bullpen is just devastated and keeping them hovering around the 500 mark, has meant that you have teams, very unlikely teams, like the Tigers and the San Francisco Giants, 
are within striking distance of first place despite being sub-500 on Memorial Day weekend. And one of the constants that you see amongst teams that are contenders, that are going for it, is a need for help in the bullpen. Bullpen help. Especially the way bullpens are used and the depth of the bullpen is so necessary now. A quality reliever on the trade market right now could be exactly what so many teams need. That, you know, Brad Hand of San Diego, for example, the Padres are nominally within you know, striking distance of contention solely because the no team is doing well in the National League West. But nobody, nobody, not even the San Diego chicken or the biggest fan of the kid from left field with Gary Coleman think that the San Diego Padres are going to win Piddly Poo this year. And they have a quality closer in Brad Hand. So when you look around and you see teams that really desperately need bullpen help, you could probably name five or six teams in tight contention who said, man, we need another arm in our pen. We really don't have this sort of depth right now. Boom! Brad Hand. And San Diego could dangle him in front of a bunch of teams. Like, oh, really? Really, you want him? You, you, want, you want Brad Hand? Is, is that who you, who you want? And you can sort of, you can, you can play them off of each other. You know, you can call the Cleveland Indians and say, hey, um, Kluber's still good. Bauer's still, you got a good start rotation. You got a decent lineup. You need bullpen, don't you? Yeah. How do you like him? And then they call up the Angels and said, hey, the Angels, Mike Trout's having an MVP caliber season. I heard he got five hits yesterday. Yeah, but your bullpen's a little bit of a mess. I bet you can use a Brad Hand. Then call the Cardinals. Hey, St. Lou, how you doing? Ah, you're Greg Holland. How did that work out for you? Ooh, not good. Would you like Brad Hand? And then you play him off and you build him up and you can you can get you know the Padres if they're smart. They can play. I mean, I just those are just three teams off the top of my head that are contenders and need bullpen help. The Red Sox need bullpen help. You know, I mean, if you're a Red Sox fan and you're following them day for day, you have trust in Craig Kimbrell. Which other reliever do you feel trust when they're out there? Not many. Not many. So there you throw the Red Sox in there. You know, Dylan Patance is not pitching well these days. Maybe the Yankees think that, you know, if they can't get another starting pitcher, the Yankees really need another starting pitcher. And... And, you know, it doesn't have to be a Justin Verlander, but, you know, they need another pitcher that they can hand the ball to and say, hey, can you, get, you know, get us into the sixth or seventh. But if they can't get that, it may behoove them to strengthen their bullpen depth. So a team like San Diego, who has a solid commodity, could get a major league-ready prospect or someone who could be a key piece in the rebuilding in exchange for Brad Hand. You know? The same thing could happen with Baltimore with, with Brock, who's not nearly as effective as Zach Britton was in the last few years. But, you know, there's, you could say, hey, you can get a major league reliever who's, who has had some success. But the fact of the matter is that they don't have Britton as a trade chip because he's on the 60-day disabled list. 
and I don't know when he's coming back. And if and when he comes back, you don't know what you're getting. You're probably not getting Cy Young caliber Zach Britton. And so whatever you get for him is not going to be what you would have gotten for him last year when it was so obvious that there were many teams last year who could use bullpen. There's always teams that need bullpen depth, especially the way that the bullpen is used now. And now, you know, they're going to have to look at O'Day, and they're going to have to look at um, Brock, but they had a chance to potentially win a wild card game in 2016 and get some quality pieces back. And they they weren't able to pull the trigger either time with Zach Britton. And that will be his legacy. Now, I'm not going to go through... The teams that I think should go for it, the teams that I think are are should start selling. I'm not going to go through that until tomorrow's show, but I will tell you that the team that I find the, the most intriguing because I can't figure it out are the L.A. Dodgers. And we're not just talking. We talked about Britain for a little bit. And we talked about Baltimore. Baltimore obviously has to rebuild. And they have to... You know, they have to make the deal for Machado. And there's some teams that could use a huge bat. I mean, I brought up uh, Arizona a few days ago. Arizona needs a big bat in their lineup, even if it's a rental. You know, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Phillies are the most interesting in terms of the Manny Machado sweepstakes because they have the money to potentially sign him to a long-term deal. But I don't think there's a chance in hell he is going to not go into free agency. I'm not saying that he wouldn't come back to Philadelphia if the Phillies acquired him. But I don't think there's any chance that he would go to the Phillies and sign with them long term. I also think the Phillies are the most logical landing spot for Bryce Harper. But if they acquire um, Manny Machado and try to sign him, then Bryce Harper's chance to go to the Phillies are practically nothing. But anyway, the Orioles clearly have to rebuild, and they have to do it intelligently because this is if they blow this chance, then the Orioles could be bad for a very, very long time. But L.A. is at a strange place. Clayton Kershaw is going to come back in a few days. And Clayton Kershaw is... Um, well, I was going to say he's the greatest pitcher currently in baseball, but... Uh, I think maybe that title has been usurped by Max Scherzer. Unless we forget, Max Scherzer's having a great year this year. He could potentially win his, what, would it be his fourth Cy Young Award if he wins it this year? So, you know, maybe Max Scherzer has to be in that, in that talk. But Kershaw is the greatest pitcher of this generation. And he's coming back in a few days. So anytime you plop... You plop, there goes Clayton Kershaw, you plop him right in there. That's got to give your team some hope. And the other thing that's got to give you know, Los Angeles fans some hope is the fact that everything has gone wrong. This, you know, the first, you know, approximately, you know, what is it, the first 50-some-odd games of the season, you know, roughly the first third of the season has gone as poorly as it can go for a team that went to the World Series the previous year that didn't tear it down like the Marlins. They're five games under 500 as I'm recording this. And yet, they are only three games out of the loss column behind Colorado, 
and three games out of the loss column behind Arizona for first place. That you, you know, adding Kershaw to this team and maybe picking up a player or two for the stretch run, all of a sudden, it's clear that they won't need 103 wins to win the National League West this year. It'll take far fewer games than that to win their sixth straight National League West title. But something is gnawing at me. Sometimes a team, even during a great run, has a year where the things just don't click together. There are too many injuries. There are too many setbacks. I remember the Dodgers won the division and nearly got to the World Series in 2016 when the team was devastated with injuries. But sometimes you could only cut and paste and put Band-Aids on long enough. We've seen some teams in the middle of great runs have that one year like, ah, no, we couldn't get it all. It didn't all click. It just couldn't all fit together. The Yankees, during their amazing run, Remember, they missed the postseason in 2008. They, 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 they did not make it at all because there was just too many injuries on that team. There were too many things went wrong. And eventually, as even though the Yankees wound up having a winning season and everything like that, they didn't make it. They didn't even make the postseason. The Rays won the division. The Red Sox won the wild card. The Yankees were on the outside looking in. Now, is it possible that the Dodgers could be having one of those years where not everything works out? And that makes them to be one of the most intriguing teams to watch in the middle third because of what I was just saying about Baltimore. What if, now, I had made the case that if the Dodgers fall totally out of contention and it's just a lost season and you know Clayton Kershaw is going to be a free agent, I would think the Dodgers would have to think long and hard about packaging him because he's going to go by a free agency. He's going he's to dip his toe into the free agency waters. And it may behoove the Dodgers to not sign a pitcher in his 30s to a big long-term contract, even if he is Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's been hurt this year. He got hurt in 2016. And pitchers in their 30s don't miraculously become healthy all the time. Yes, you have pitchers like Scherzer and Verlander, Hall of Famers like Kershaw, who still remain solid. But you could also have them fall off a cliff. Now, I've made this point before, but the other point to make is, what did I just say about the teams that are in contention? How many of them are in desperate need of pitching depth? What if the Dodgers can't get that winning streak? It just doesn't click. We've seen it in the first third of this season that the team, you know, even they've had a couple of streaks where they've kind of won a bunch of games here, won a bunch of games there, and yet they're still flopping five games under 500. And truly, the only thing keeping them in contention is the recent ineptitude of Arizona. If Arizona continued playing solid baseball, the Dodgers would be a non-contender. 
needing a miraculous middle third of the season to salvage the season. So let's just stop and ask yourself a couple of things here. What if the Dodgers fall out? They can't put it together, even in a weak division. And as I suggested, they do something with Kershaw. But what if you take a look at Kenley Jansen, Pedro Baez, Kenta Maeda, Alex Wood, maybe not Alex Wood, but, um, you know, Ross Stripling. What if the Dodgers said, hey, look, we got about four or five major league pitchers other than Clayton Kershaw who may have more value to build up our team and be younger moving forward, especially when there are so many teams bunched together where a pitcher here or a pitcher there could make the difference between a postseason year and not. You take a look at the way that the National League is shaping up in the wild card race, in in the division races in the East, and division races in the the, the Central, and maybe even in the the inept West, a, a decent pitcher could be the, could be worth a win here or a win there, which could be the difference between playing in October in a wide open NL or not. And if you take a look at the the American League Central. And geez, maybe 85, 86 wins are enough to win the division this year. If we just build up our pitching and blah, 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 every team is going to need to build up their pitching staff. And there's only so many Cole Hamels to go around. The Rangers are inevitably going to trade Cole Hamels, and, and I think he's going to go back to the Phillies. But then again, I think the Phillies are going to do everything this year in terms of the trade market. But the Dodgers... If they don't get off the mat, should look long and hard and say, we got about five or six commodities here who are pitchers who have already celebrated their 30th birthday and already helped them win a pennant. But if each one of them can insert a younger player into their system, and then you go into the next you know, offseason trying to fill the gaps and whatnot with other players who are available via free agency and have been non-tendered and you've helped build your farm system back up or at least put a couple of more young players into your system to build towards 2019 I'm not saying do a complete teardown I'm not saying blow the team up but if the Dodgers are not in it and you find we got valuable trade chips here. We could, you know, restock for 2019 and see what we've got. The Dodgers have to look long and hard about that. This is not about pride. This is not about, oh, well, but we won the pennant last year and we can't do that to our fans. If you're not going to make the playoffs... Hell, if you're, you can't even get your nose above 500, the fans aren't going to be there in September anyway. You know, no one's going to say, I'm not going to go to that game because you dealt Pedro Baez. Now, Kershaw would be a tough sell, except the fact that you say, well, if he's going to leave, we might as well get what we can from him. 
But the Dodgers are one of the most interesting teams. The defending National League champion Los Angeles Dodgers could be in a position where they look up and say, we're not winning it this year, so let's be smart. Let's make the tough decisions. Now, of course, Kershaw could come back. They could go on a winning streak and win another division title, and we'll forget all about what I'm saying now. But pulling the trigger is critical. The Orioles didn't pull the trigger because they felt like, oh, we got a chance this year. We got a chance this year. Let's not trade Machado. Let's not trade Britain. Let's not trade Jones. We got a chance this year, and boom, they didn't. And now look, whatever they get from Machado is not what they would have gotten last year. Whatever they can get from Jones is not what they could have gotten last year. And they may not even be able to trade Britain. Don't fall into the Baltimore trap. Don't sit there and say, oh, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. Because sometimes that time to wait slips away. Well, anyway, tomorrow I'm going to take a look at which teams should be going for it, which teams should be rebuilding. And as we enter the middle third, and sometimes the most critical part of the baseball season. But for right now, I'm going to enjoy a nice, beautiful day in Palo Alto and maybe have a cookout. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Survivor, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Kaliski. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. This has been a discussion of the perils of waiting too long, a lesson that the Orioles didn't learn and the Dodgers should learn. This has been Sully Baseball for the 27th day of May, 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.